You're listening to the Cover Forward Group Podcast, and, and we'll say this as I always do. Best nickname in golf podcasting, host LeBron Palmer. We also have with us today. We've done this JJ 35 what? times, JJ. I know, well, but I'm I, was starting... to, I thought of something creative, and then I forgot. Was, I was trying to make it come out, but it didn't come out. Okay, I'll and remember we, next time. And we also have... Taylor Cusack. And we have a special guest today who has to deal with our nonsense. We have the CEO and founder, and, and my good friend, personally. Um, I'm not going to call him Taylor, because we also have a Taylor. So can we just go with TA and you let people know your actual name and then we'll go through all the introductions, et cetera, as we kind of get in. So I'm going to throw introduce yourself to the podcast. Yep. I'm TA uh, or Taylor Artman. I'm serving to Yeah, I know all you guys. There's yeah. No- yeah. Now, now tell the special one, Brian. I am the special one. Tell your origin story about how, you know, JJ actually. So I don't even know if he Uh-oh. remembers this. I don't even know if he remembers this. Well, it hit me the other day. Well, um, so at the STPGA, um, what was that, the Westwood? Uh, Westwood, yeah, a couple of months ago. We were the presenting sponsor, and so I, I, I kind of re-met you there. And mm-hmm. um, when I re-met you, I kind of, you know, whenever I saw you, I was like, oh, man, like, how did I not remember this? So I went on, like, an unofficial visit to OU. Um, back when Reagan was there, it would have been your like fifth year or fourth year of senior, and I was stayed with Liam. Yeah, I was like a seventh year and, senior. Uh, we, went up, we went over to your house, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably because uh, yeah. like my and then your I brother, was like the only upperclassman on the team, so they labeled my apartment like the beer barn. My assistant coach, because <laughs> all the freshmen sucked, I started sucking. They thought we were drinking too much beer. <laughs> you probably when was this like twenty years beer. ago. It definitely uh, about, ago. Probably about 20, yeah. 14, yeah. Four, about 14 years ago or something like that. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. You're still in kindergarten, lot. probably. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and then your brother, your brother, RJ, wore servant turf when you played in the PGA Championship. Yeah, he did. I, I didn't realize it was you because uh, uh, I think Garrett Driver at Wildcat, yep. he worked in the pro shop, and my brother were all into it. And then what didn't dawn on me until, like, around the PGA when he was wearing it, because I was like, why don't you wear, like, a golf performance group hat or something? You know, it's our only time to get some puff. And he was like, no, I like these hats better. And, yeah. I didn't know it was your, your company until, like, I don't know when Garrett told me. <laughs> so we were pretty yeah. small back then. We've, we've got a full slate today. So Taylor, um, or T.A., has agreed that he'll stay with us through the whole pod, which is good. So before we jump into the interview of Surf and Turf, we'll get to that because we definitely want you to be able to share with people what you've got going on, what you've been doing, what the next five, 10 years look like for the company, um, and then how listeners can get involved and find your information. I just want to start with the insane finish that we had at the BMW. Dustin Johnson makes a, what was it, 50 foot uh, Mm -hmm. putt to send it to a playoff. And then John Rahm makes another, you know, 66. 30 feet, 60, 60 foot of putt to yep. win the tournament. How, how good has the golf been since the bubble has been set up for the tour? Anyone? Give, give me, what are your thoughts? Is this some of the best golf that we've seen in this I think so. I don't, I think maybe giving them a couple months off, they were able to, you know, relax for a little bit and work on their games for a little bit because they never have any time. I mean, there's what, 48 events yeah. in a 52 week you know calendar so when you know they had two months just to relax and you know work on what they wanted to work on not just band-aid it you know for the week 
So right, they kind of reset a little bit. So now they're out ready to play. And as you can see, everyone's kind of dropping bombs here and we're watching some really good golf. So I think it's fun for everybody. Yeah, Taylor, or, or TA, what do you think, man? Have you been following much of this? I know you've got the apparel and branding company going on, but what do you think of the golf since we've been back from the ball? Well, it's been interesting. I mean, I, I haven't been to a PGA tournament yet, but I, I have caddied in a Corn Ferry tournament for my business partner and roommate, Michael Martinson. Um, and being out there and, and, and then watching it on TV, golf is, is strong right now. And I think it just has, it correlates with golf in general right now. Every course, you know, we sell to pro shops and, and things like that and sponsor the section. So we talk to PGA professionals all day, every day. Every course, the rounds are way up, skyrocketing. Oh, yeah. And so if you're doing it for a living, um, between, you know, that, just the energy of golf is up. But also, I think a big part, and, you know, I, this isn't a knock on golfers, but uh, in 2020 with COVID and everything, it's distraction-free. I all they can do is practice golf. <laughs> I okay. completely agree. Although college football starting this week, college football starting this week, hopefully it doesn't hurt our uh, our lessons on the weekends. <laughs> I don't think it will. It, it, because, I don't think so. Because most most places won't even have full um, fans, you know. So most people like to go to the games. They don't necessarily always want to watch it on TV. So I don't think it's going to hurt the lessons at all. I think I think golf is in a position if they're smart over the next three to five years can really get a strong footing back into like, cause they had lost some of its luster when Tiger well, started. Tiger, getting, yeah. Yeah. He got hit in the head with a golf club. Then you had uh, so you dramatic. Know, <laughs> you know, a variety of things going on. I think golf. Well, yeah. Now, now people back. are getting a chance to like, we need Rory and like DJ stepping up, but we need our like, like younger stars to step up. So people yeah. that like are hey, starting hey, to hey. watch golf. Guess what? But, Lydia Co. We need Lydia Co. to step up. JJ, so people get to know her. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rory yeah. just had his very first baby. Really? Uh, tell us about the baby news. I'm not aware of that at all. Um, you're, you're our baby correspondent on the <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I just saw a tiny little clip of it. Born last night, I think at like 12.15 in the morning. Very first child. I didn't get to catch the name or if it was a boy or girl, but I saw that now he has a baby. So well, that's exciting. Well, Rory, Rory, go ahead. And it's that's a baby girl. It's a baby girl. That's a little as for me betting on Rory for this upcoming tournament. Like you're not gonna bet. <laughs> not at all. Not on him. You cannot have a baby the two days you start the event hey, and expect he to be might. Competitive. You know, maybe he was trying too hard. Now he's just gonna be like whatever, and he's gonna shoot forty under par. Well, it happens a lot. Think about how many times it happens. So you guys guys are from uh, uh, Oklahoma. So the one time I got food poisoning, actually I've had it once since. But I was at the damn Sonic in Edmond because my teammate was high maintenance and he played bad and he like was being rude to the Sonic cashier person. So I got the cheeseburger that made me puke and, you know, everything else for the next like 24 hours. But Coach Reagan – we were playing our final round of qualifying at Oak Tree National or Men's Club at the time. I like, I'd never shot under par there, and uh, but I was leading the qualifier through five rounds, and it was we were qualifying for my for Pepperdine's home course tournament where I came from. But he still made me play, and so I went out there and I shot my only underground par I ever shot in qualifying at Oak Tree when I was, you know, I was laying down between shots. But that's not quite having a baby, 
But Rory might have the same mindset. Like, I was, I was waiting. I was wondering where we were going. Yes. <laughs> no, but I'm like, saying, why is, why is this I relevant? I was like, well, where does the baby come in? Because you guys are from Oklahoma and it's Oak Tree. But no, it, was I, a, I just, it was the one time I was like Michael Jordan, like, you know, thrown up, laying down. Oh, so but Rory's had to, not going to be thrown up laying game. down, but he has the same, I don't care because I have a baby I want to get back to. You, it's you a bunch of OSU fans in Edmond. So maybe it was a Jordan flu game. But it's really – they treated us like crap there. They're all Oklahoma State guys at Oak Tree. But, you yeah, know, the GM was an OU guy, so he treated us well. Anyways, so moving on. All right, so let's get I'm right into it. I'm just proving my point that Rory is going to play well. That is a terrible way to prove it. Yeah, I mean, that was poor. Well, if you were from Oklahoma, I wouldn't have brought it up. I thought you would appreciate it, but I guess not. <laughs> so. All right, let's get right into it. Tour championship this week. First time since the tour championship has been played in this format – You'll have um, number one, number two, number three in the world in succession playing in the way that they have it set up um, for the top 30 players in the world during this time. So I want to go through some bets real quick. Uh, what are we like, in. one in 49 on our yeah, oh, results? Our, our betting results are terrible. We went two and six last week. We've got to do better. We got TA here. We're going to do better this week. We're going to do better. <laughs> I'm telling I, you, hey. Uh, hey two and six. You guys are like a bookie's dream. Hey, we separate, separate my pick and then make a column for opposite of what I pick and see what my stats would be because I bet it would be I pretty can do good that. going opposite. Your stats are terrible. I'm, I'm not listening yeah. to you either. So, first tournament matchup, we've got Dustin Johnson, who starts the tournament at 10 under. So, for those of you who are just now getting familiar with the new setup for the tour that they went to last year, instead of saying that they're going to get this exorbitant amount of points – they allow them to start at a lower score on the par in comparison to where they're ranked in the world. So you got Dustin Johnson versus Rory. Rory starts the tournament at three under par. I don't think there's any chance that Rory makes up seven shots over four days. I say Dustin Johnson. T.A., let's go to you as the guest. Who do you think? I'm going to go with DJ. He's got to birdie the first hole to be tied with what he was after 11 holes uh, two weeks ago, didn't he? What exactly. are you under? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Taylor, what do you think? I agree. I think Dustin Johnson as well. Okay. And um, I was kind of distracted. Uh, who's he playing? Who's the bet against? Dustin Johnson versus Rory. Dustin oh. has a seven-stroke advantage already out the game. Oh, yeah. I'm going DJ. Yeah. All right. This is where it starts to Who, get into Who's your pick? I picked DJ, no questions asked. I you mean, and JJ <laughs> both picked DJ? Yeah, no way he's naked up seven shots. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with Rory. Rory. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been picking Rory every week and since he started playing bad. Yeah, can yeah, I you have. For 100? The four, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> all right, next one. We got Colin Morikawa, all right? I pick him. Uh, I don't even know he's playing. I'm picking he him. He starts at oh, five under. I he finally at, picked him, and he lost his bet too, didn't he? Yes, you lose every time. So, hold on, we got Colin Morikawa starts at five under. Bryson DeChambeau starts at four under. So, that's a close one. I'm going to go Bryson. I'm going Bryson because I want Morikawa to win. So, I'll go Bryson. All right. Um, Taylor? I am going to go with Colin because JJ and I always do the opposite. Okay. And TA, what you got? I liked JJ's selfless attitude there. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna take one for the team so Cork yeah. out can get a win. Thank you, thanks, cousin yeah. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> and and I always pick more. I don't care. 
Morikawa could be playing against Tiger in 2001, where he won all four Ooh. majors in a row. I always pick Morikawa. Her- so, Harold Varner yeah. and Morikawa are my I two mean, guys. I, I LeBron over time. there is just upset. Morikawa is going to be the next big thing. That's I what I say. I say that I as agree. well. All right, next one. Justin Thomas starts the tournament at seven under, playing against Hideki Matsuyama, who starts the tournament at four under. So three-stroke advantage for Justin Thomas. I got to go Thomas. Okay, Thomas. Um, T.A., what you think? Thomas. Taylor, what you think? I think Thomas also. I, I, then I have to go Hideki. I mean, it, the, y'all are wrong. You, you, you know what? Wrong. I, I uh, have to. Oh, it's only three guy. shots. I'm changing mine. I'm changing. You mine can't change it. You can't change it. They, they haven't played yet. <laughs> it was really I thought gambling was us nope. against the house. Because no, <laughs> my, my favorite training is the Gabe trainer, and Hideki does it naturally. So I gotta go, Hideki. I forgot about that. Okay, um, two two people that um, some would say could be a little hot under the collar at times. You've got John Rom, um, who did the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Didn't mark yeah, what his do ball do? and just picked it up on the – have y'all ever seen that before? In I've any done tournament? that I've done, done it, a, actually. Yeah, I kind of space up. out. I space out. And I did it, actually, at the at a big tournament a few years ago. And I, I didn't do that, but I marked my ball when it was on the fringe. Yeah. I don't know been. why I picked it up, and I was like, uh, I don't know why I just did that. But I think – I can't remember. I got, like, a shot penalty or something. Did he get called on it, or what happened? Yeah, he had a penalty. Um, okay. And to me, they they almost they caught him at the time because he could have accidentally signed the wrong scorecard. Also, that's what could have happened, you know. But they right. caught him when he did it in the moment. So, all right. But we've got John Rom versus Patrick. Um, John Rom has a four-stroke advantage. John Rom tournament. John Rom. Okay. Rom. Yeah. If it's straight up. I would pick Rom, but I, but Reed with four shots. No, Rom with four shots. Rom four shots. That's an easy one, yeah, Rom. Oh, he's oh okay. I see. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll take Rom. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now this is where the next two are interesting ones. We got Simpson, okay, and <clears throat> Berger, basically straight up. Simpson Burger. Simpson's playing as good as anyone. Lebrano's going to take Burger. I'll take. Simpson. I'm taking Bur- Burger's been playing as good as anyone in the last um, six events since the restart. I'll but take Webb Burger. took a week off just to you know get everything, get everything rejuvenated. Uh, so he's been playing solid. I'm taking him. Okay. Okay. So that's that's our first big split right there. Um, but I trust Taylor and I. We're definitely going to – I'm going to put that in. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Taylor. TA's got to suffer with me on this one. Yeah. Yep. We're going to shoot like 80, 80, 80, 80. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, with they're basically even as well. Um, Xander versus Kevin Kisner. Basically a one-stroke advantage between them two. So, Who has the stroke? Um, Xander gets the uh, – I was going to go Xander. But I like Xander. Kisner. I like Kisner's game, though. Kisner is a scrappy player, and I just feel like small field events like this, he 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 plays all the time with the barstool guys. Like he, this type of event, I I like Kevin in this event. I think I'm gonna take Kevin. That's fine. Everybody, I said Xander. Uh, JJ, JJ said, I, oh okay. So I took, we, I'll go. I'll go Kevin. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about, it. but I'll go Zay. You don't want me to redo mine, but I'm trying to help uh, Taylor out. You need to go with Kevin because that's what your girlfriend calls you. So just go. Oh with yeah, Kevin. Kevin. 
Well, you know what I realized then? Never mind, it's inappropriate. Yeah, we do not want to hear any more stories Whoa. about what your girlfriend calls you. Whoa. Uh, no, it has nothing to So we Stop. got a cart boy call. Uh, his name's Special K. His name's Kevin. But he's like one of the coolest golfers I know. I'm anyway, the coolest golfer you story. know, period. Like, I'm no, not Special K. <laughs> Special K. I need a remote that has mute, please. Yeah, we definitely need to mute him. So you let's go. Everyone, JJ had a baby at Oak Tree? <laughs> yeah, I had a baby. On the course, and I shot under par for the first time ever. <laughs> After trying to compare it to what Rory did during his... <laughs> I have genius comparisons that, like, not everybody understands all the time. Thanks, but Kevin. it makes sense in my head. <laughs> so, uh, being one of the um, worst dressers in, in golf, possibly, I would include myself in that. I have great shoes. I've got great Jordan golf shoes, but I don't wear the best clothes. I'm, I'm really happy today that we've got TA here, because I'm also hoping that he can give me a golf makeover as well. Um, you know, Taylor, she's kind of doing her own thing out there, skirts and, you know, women's golf. You know, I, I can't do that. JJ, he's got his own golf line, golf performance group. You know, he, he's just out here free willing. So we got Taylor. Surf and turf. They're surf and turf or golf performance group by surf and turf. That's what now, we're going to end up doing. Either way, I just need I someone talking. to know. I don't, I don't know how to make clothes. I wear the same four polos every week. <laughs> TA, Breon needs help. And when I'm help. talking help, he bought Bubba Watson yeah, $5 golf clothes. From Stephen Berry. He got the Bubba Watson. So much uh, help. That's how Bubba Watson, that Tiger, and 98 uh, button here. This, this is my style. So, so, TA, let's get right into the interview. Tell us the origin story of Surf and Turf. We kind of want to get an idea of where that started, and we'll kind of go from there. Well, so to be honest, um, some buddies of mine who were um, one was I played in Canada with, and played kind of a bunch of mini tours with, and then a couple other guys that were PGA professionals out in California. They actually started a the Servant Turf Club, which was a social club at first, and then uh, I was living out there every winter for about six years, and so I went back out there that winter around the time they started it, and. <laughs> You know, I joined their club to, to support, um, and when I joined it, I couldn't help but think, actually, you know, like, in the years prior, my sister and I, and even, even uh, you know, Josh Creel, I remember him and I on a road trip, we were like, we need to have, a, you know, an apparel company. There needs to be something they can wear on and off the courses, but not Travis Matthew, you know, something different. And so, um, my sister is very creative, and, and we kind of talked, you know, talked about it a little bit, and I wanted to do it, and I've got some apparel backgrounds. My uncle was a Polo Ralph Lauren for 25, 30 years. Um, and so I really just never had the avenue to go, you know, and, and do it. And so when I joined their club and was playing golf with them and whatever, and, and I was like, I, I kind of want in on this. And they were like, well, yeah, come on, you know, you're in. Because I was one of the first people that joined. And then I was like, I don't know how we brand this or market this club. I was like, what do you guys think about starting an apparel company? You know, because they, they had done hats and t-shirts. So the, the apparel wasn't completely new. They had already made hats and t-shirts for the club. And uh, the logo was perfect for, for it just really sad. And the name, Servant Turf and everything with kind of the idea and vision I always had. And so it really worked together. The kind of the two ideas collided. And we just kind of went from there. And um, at that point, you know, there ended up only being three of us that, that, that jumped in and then really just two managing partners of it, myself and um, Jordan. And Jordan was doing the fulfillment. He was a PGA professional. So he would ship stuff out at night or whatever. And then I would take a bunch of stuff with me on the road, um, whether it was on the mini tours, wherever, or in Canada. Um, 
I remember crossing the border in Canada with all this apparel, and they were, you know, they thought I was smuggling something. Drug trafficking. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes, we started, and the first year was like that. I was on the I was on the road doing sales and, and doing our marketing and stuff from from my phone, and uh, Jordan was shipping stuff out. And of course, at that point, it was like you know, man, we did great today. Four hats, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We made, made uh, sixty five dollars or something, and spent fifty eight. So we were yeah. up plus seven today or whatever. Um, and then taxes would come and we'd be back in the red. But uh, so no, that that was kind of the the very, very first, um, you know, in our in our infancy, how we began. In what, what year was this? Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. And what was course as well? 16. Um, and then we got our LLC. They, their idea really hadn't formed an LLC or anything like that. It wasn't a business. And then um, once we realized there was just gonna be three of us, um, that we got in, we formed our LLC in February of 2017. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So the the <clears throat> we know the origin, but what what's kind of the the mission behind Surf and Turf? I know that you've got some themes on your website. I've had a chance, you know, I've been reviewing this for a while, um, where you talk more inclusion, on course, off course. You do a donation to um, either charities or organizations as well. Kind of, where does that come from in your mission as well? So our mission is to create a community that inspires others. And so with that, that really just sums up how we even got in position to start Servant Turf in the first place. We're out in Southern California and the folks I'm around, we've got uh, a guy from Vermont, Oklahoma, Minnesota, you know, and then we're mixed up with all the, all the other guys in California. Um, and then, you know, I also was, kind of living in Texas as well. And so we're just kind of all brought together by this community, right? And through this game. But we also were hanging out off the course, on the course, et cetera. And we also had friends that were off the course. My, my roommates back home in Oklahoma, I grew up with, all, we all played basketball and stuff together. Well, they, yeah. we had a golf cart at our house and we drive over to the part three course and introduce, but they were intimidated by the game to get in. And also they, they would like the stuff that I'd wear, but it would be a golf brand, right? And so there was a big fear or like um, uncomfortableness that I was feeling that of, of two on two fronts, a non-golfer was intimidated to wear what would be called a golf brand because they're not a golfer. And then avid golfers or pro golfers or whatever, when they got off the course, don't want to continue to look like a golfer. So, you know, if there was, there was something to be done there that could, you know, mesh those two problems um and so we could create something that could be worn professionally on the course um but also could be worn by anyone off the course and not immediately associate with golf it would just associate with the lifestyle in which golf is a part of and the and then the community of where the brand started and so um you know our main mission was to create that community and um, when it comes to the inclusivity and all of that, there's been such a huge growth between two major factors in golf. You have the Tiger Woods era, right? They brought in all sorts of minorities and athletes and just really the young demographic. Young people thought golf was cool for the first time. You know, it mm -hmm. wasn't just what your dad or grandpa or neighbor did or whatever. It was something that was cool. It was a sport. And so you brought that in. And then the next big boom, in my opinion, is Top Golf. And that was when everybody could go mix it up 
um, in a stress-free environment, you know, that yeah, wasn't. I, <clears throat> I call Top Golf bowling. It's like bowling, basically. It is. It is. And, yeah. and whether you have never touched a club and don't even know which end you hit it with, or you won the Masters, you can enjoy yourself at Top Golf and feel comfortable. And so there's a great, I think, collide there between those two things. And I, I really felt that, you know, that drove so many different demographics, new people into the game, that there was still a, a kind of a problem or a barrier to get into the actual game of golf. Right. And so I think it takes leadership by example and it takes people toward the top of that um, totem pole or the most respected voices within the game to, to uh, you know, to include those people and, and open the doors for them. So the rest will follow suit and, and, and open it up to everybody. And through that is where our background as all PGA professionals or ex pro golfers or college golfers, um, we are all, you know, very knowledgeable of the game and respected in the game as far as, uh, you know, how we dedicate our life to it. And so for us to be the ones that open our arms to all the ones that have never played that, that kind of tied in the, um, the opportunity to really create a, an organic community. Nice. Nice. So now Taylor had, we, we were talking before on podcast just about um, fashion in general. So maybe Taylor, I'll throw it to you. Where, where do you, where do you see fashion going in the next three to five years, let's specifically talk women's golf. I, I would imagine that people try to put restrictions on what people can wear at the course or et cetera. I mean, I, I've oh, seen yeah. people wear crazy things at the course. So <laughs> kind of throw it to you, get your idea. And then we've got TA here or JJ here to kind of give their perspective as well. Yeah, so I really hope it goes a little more sporty athletic instead of more conservative. You have to wear a collar. Now they've kind of introduced the blade or kind of the razorback for the female where it's more of a sporty, cute, comfortable look instead of you have to wear a polo and it has to have sleeves and you have to have it tucked in. And that's kind of just a country club mentality of it doesn't feel too welcoming to somebody, kind of like Taylor said, there's just that not that niche of I don't really feel comfortable in golf clothes or I don't really feel comfortable like I play basketball or I play another sport and now I need to try to get into this and I don't really fit in there but I kind of want to wear what I want to wear and I want to feel welcome doing it. And I hope that it ends up turning into, you know, girls are allowed to wear a tank top, nothing. I mean, crazy, obviously too revealing, but if that's the way that they maybe want to go, then that's fine. Um, but I think it needs to be a little more welcoming so we can actually get more females into the game of golf. And so they're not stopping there. And already just saying, well, I can't wear this, so I can't go, so therefore I'm not going to play. And I'm just done with it, and that's the end yeah. of it. And now we've stopped somebody from being able to learn how to play golf, get to the golf course, and maybe having, you know, a new Michelle Wee. You, you never know. I mean, there could be somebody out there like that that just has such a restriction on, you know, their mentality of golf, and now because they don't want to wear something, they already have shut it off in their head. So I, I hope it progresses into a little more accepting. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, because that's a big thing in like getting new people to the game is they, they don't know what to wear and they don't mm -hmm. feel comfortable wearing, you know, the old school traditional golf clothes. So I think it could be huge to help and grow the game because it's modern, stylish, like what they'd wear in a casual setting. Um, right. it, I'm, I'm kind of curious what, uh, what people – like what 
do you have a lot of like professionals wearing your brand or like golf industry companies using your brand or is, or is it more just retail type stuff? Yeah, we have, we have all sorts of um, players that are wearing it. Uh, players, yeah. caddies, and then definitely a lot of PGA professionals and, and different influencers on off the course as well. Um, but we, we have, especially our headwear and yeah. Taylor, I, I agree with you completely. I'm the biggest proponent that there is on, um, opening up the game and kind of lowering the um, obstacle that is polos in a certain outfit. I think that you can still maintain a respect for the game and dress appropriately um, exactly. without being forced to wear a polo. If we're going to compare it to the game of 1950 or whatever, you go back, well, those people would dress up in a freaking suit to go like yeah. get milk. I mean, yeah. you know, like yeah. it was a different time back then. And so I think, you know, like, we're a golf brand, known as a golf apparel brand, even though we really are pushing more lifestyle, we don't make polos. So no one's pushing that a t-shirt is okay better than us. The respect of the game has nothing to do with what you wear. It's, it's how you treat the game and how you treat the people you play with. And right. so um, if, you know, so whatever that, you know, needs, whatever steps need to happen, I agree with you completely. Um, right. So. But kind of also at the same time, like um, I, pr I practice at a country club, so they don't allow, um, you know, running shorts and a T-shirt for you to go and play golf in, which I completely understand. They have rules that we need to abide by. And if maybe that person doesn't want to abide by them, they probably shouldn't go to that specific place that has those rules in effect. Um, but I love that they've come out with, you know, mock necks and razorbacks and a blade and something where it's not necessarily just that everyday collar that is such a cookie cutter golf outfit. I want something a little more accepting and different. Right. And, and a big part of it, and the inclusivity in golf is not um, just drawing in new customers, but it's the socioeconomic inclusivity. It's already such an, and that's where the Surf and Turf Club, uh, you know, its roots began was when all the young professionals that move out for a career opportunity in California, you can't afford a $5,000 down and $500 a month club membership or whatever. Right. And so we created a club that partnered with different courses and, and different places to provide an opportunity and a cheap handicap. So that way you can meet other people. So other singles, if you will, around, you want to go play golf at Torrey Pines, um, you know, you got a handicap established and it's affordable. You're not forced to go buy it. Um, so when you force people to also buy expensive clothes on top of paying expensive prices for everything else, you're just mm -hmm. limiting more and more people and it's going against the grain. Yeah, no doubt. No, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So, so what do you think the, the next five years, where do you see, um, surf and turf going? And then on top of that, um, where do you see, just golf apparel in general going since you're in this landscape right now. So next five years, surf and turf, and then where do you see apparel going? Um, I, I, I do think- you know, we ask the tough questions here. What's that? We ask the tough questions here. In five years, um, I mean, I, I kind of shoot for the stars, but I think we'll be the, the in however metric you want to look at it, it doesn't matter, but I think we'll be the, the prominent golf and lifestyle brand in the world. Um, and I think that we're going to grow that way because of our organic growth and, um, and where golf is going. It, we're slowly breaking down these walls and barriers. And uh, yeah, I, I see us going that way. We'll, we will have a full performance line. 
um, and be on all sorts of tour players is our hope um, because that will never lose that, um, you know, real root, right, of our brand is all through professional golf and competitive golf. Um, but also we'd like to branch out into just sports and, and outdoors in general because that's what golfers are and that's what people are in general. I mean, there was a few different things that went in my car or it still goes in guys like Josh Creel's car out on tour. Um, it's not just golf clubs that are in there, right? There's a fishing pole, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's more than golf. It's a lifestyle. So in your performance line, does that include uh, like workout clothes too? Yes. On and off the course performance. So nice. and when I say performance too, we'll have different polos in the long run. So some that'll be more tech material, you know, um, they breathe well. Um, and then the other ones, maybe more of a cotton fit or, or pocketed or, you know, different looks you could wear off the course or at night. You're not too temperature performance, um, I guess, relying on it. Nice. Do you think you would try and maybe possibly go into, you know, a little bit of golf clothes with a collared shirt or maybe a women's golf skirt, or is it just going to strictly be just the lifestyle? No, it'll we'll 100% have uh, golf stuff. Okay. Like polo, traditional polos. So I think that we have, we all stand, you guys' podcast and, and group and your mindsets as well as Serpenters. Yeah. Um, we have synergy in some common beliefs and it's the inclusivity of others and uh, other brands out there are not doing so. So we make women's stuff. We make stuff for kids. We invite others. It's not a boys club. Um, and that that's a difference. And I understand that. So um, before we get out of here, let's make sure that I'm going to tell a quick story about um, TA and Josh that y'all are going to die laughing. And I'll share the picture from a workout that they had with me at the athletic loft in Norman where both of them were about to throw up within like the first five minutes. But I'll, I'll tell that here in a second. But let's make people have all your, your personal social information, of course, and then where they can find the brand, website, social media, et cetera. We want to make sure we get that out to everybody also. Serveturfgolf.com. Um, and then, yeah, you can find us on social, uh, at Serveturf Club, and then at Serveturf Golf on the, other, on the others. So that's Surf and Turf Club. Serventurfgolf.com and then okay. at Serventurfclub is our Instagram name. Perfect, perfect. Serventurfgolf.com, Serventurfclub on Instagram. Be sure to tap in there. And let me tell you why you need to do this. So I can remember when um, Taylor was a, or TA, um, was a young um, aspiring professional golfer. Him and Josh Krill, who is now on the Corn Ferry Tour, would come and meet me at the Athletic Loft in Norman at like, what, seven in the morning? It was crazy. I was working there part-time too. Yeah, but at the, they would come not prepared to work out. And I'm going to call them out now. They would, come th they would come thinking it was going to be a cakewalk. And within uh -oh. the first five minutes of the workout, they're like, oh, we, I need a break. <laughs> I go sit down? And they would just lay down on the mats in front of the mirror in between sets. I have video and picture to prove it still. I looked in my iCloud. I have to see this. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked in my iCloud. This. Because I was like, man, I know I've got some pictures of them like coming in, not prepared to work out, you know, thinking it was going to be a cakewalk. But after about the first, you know, three or four sessions, they got to groove. And I'll tell you, like him and I, I would say they're two of the hardest workers I've worked with 
of course, Taylor Cusack included. And I um, didn't lay on a mat, just saying. No, you did not. But but at one point, <laughs> I thought I thought T.A. was dying on me. I was like, man, are you all right? <laughs> like, what's going on? I don't want to have to give you mouth to mouth. I don't want yes. to. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we've got a long history. Um, proud of what he's doing. Glad to see what he's doing. Glad yeah, that's, that, a tough, that's a tough market yeah. to break into, the apparel. It really and, is. Yeah. Yep, it really is. And it, I, I appreciate you spending some time with us today. So we always like to give people a tip before we leave. Um, it could be golf related. It could be mine tend to be drinking related. I have a great drinking tip for you all this week. Um, it's the best one I've ever came up with, and I tested it out um, on the golf uh -oh. course here recently. So does anyone want to give a positive tip before I go into ruining people's liver? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, uh, TA, JJ, what tip would you give people this week related to golf or just life in general? Uh, sometimes you need a break like the tour players and work on your game, pressure, you know, get a refresher. And sometimes it's good to take two weeks off. Don't think about golf. That's a good one. I like that. Two weeks off is tough, though. When you suck at golf, you don't, you can't afford two Sometimes weeks off. Sometimes your body needs it. So I play my best rounds when I haven't played for a couple months, and then you go out there, you're all, you're, you forgot about all the bad things, and you play good. But then the next well, time you play, kind of comes or back. Or when again. you had food poisoning at a Sonic and a baby in um, Oak Tree National. That's also yeah, that's true. Rounds. <laughs> that's okay, true. okay, I've got a good tip, but it's a little long, so I'm okay. gonna try to, I'm gonna try to shorten it. So kind of kind of what we touched on a little bit with the apparel. Um, so if anybody right now, female, minority, anybody is worried about not being accepted to go and play golf, go and play golf, go wear whatever you want, go put on a full face of makeup if you want to and go to the golf course and have I'm definitely going to wear a full face of makeup when I go play. Bright red lipstick. It, I will do right? it. I mean, it just red. works for me. <laughs> <laughs> And just go have fun. Go take a few friends. Even if you want to go to Top Golf, go and try to get into it. Have a good time and just be accepted because you are. And it doesn't need to be the cookie cutter type golf that everybody has in their mind. So I want everyone to feel accepted and to at least go and have fun. So that nice, is my tip. Nice. TA, do you have a tip for the people today? Anything you want to yeah, share? I, I was trying to think of one, but so I have this tape to my computer it's a little personal note and so it just says every new day is an opportunity and use the day to do three things if anything and that's number one take a step towards a goal number two an act to help out or reach out to someone you care about and then three just reflect and be grateful for the things you have and maintain perspective so Man, that's gonna that's that's gonna make mine sound um, terrible. And now we're I mean, talking I mean, to the alcoholic of the group. I mean, y'all are doing these y'all are doing these uplifting things. So I'm gonna make mine a three three thing tip as well. I'm not gonna let Ta show us up on the podcast with this great uplifting message that he got from like the four agreements or something like that. So I'm going to say um, one: don't drink your brown liquor with ice. It doesn't work well. Just drink it straight. You'll do yourself much better. Two. Um, beers have to be eight point or better um, because that's important when you're on the golf course. And three, every shot, two parts water. We've talked about that before. I mean, that's the only way you're going to be able to stay upright by the time you get to 18. And Taylor, I saw those eyes. <laughs> I, I, think we need, I think we need to do a segment of Taylor's facial and it, like expressions because you just blow my mind every Listen, time. It, 
I can't play golf without a cocktail anymore. So thank you. I mean, oh look, the, the the older you get, the cocktail becomes more important when you play because the game just kind of slips away from you, and you don't care about shooting fifty eight on the back when you have three tricks in you. So yeah, you got to find that good happy medium. That good yeah, happy medium works out. Yeah, get your mixture right. So obviously, we know Brian's drink of choice is an old fashioned on oh, yeah, old the fashioned golf course. Ta, what would yours be? Um, if it's a beer, I like Schneiderbach, but I can't, I gotta go Oklahoma, right? You gotta go a good old fashioned double club. Yeah, double exactly. Club. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I knew Woo! that's what he was gonna say. J JJ, I don't know if we ever got your drink of choice. What is your drink of choice? You know, well, I'm pretty boring. I, I mean, I do Bud Light usually. That's how I grew up drinking. But, uh, the good old you, you know, I'm, kind of going, I'm going to White Claw. I mean, you can make fun of me, but it's really refreshing. <laughs> and, my, if my girlfriend's around, she always has some, so it's easy to get access to. Hey, it has a little more alcohol than Bud Light. You know, I'm, I'm stepping it up a little. Look, and that's been episode 27 of the Golf Performance Group podcast. TA, thank you so much for joining thank us. We, we appreciate it. Um, we will um, have this up here shortly, and good luck to everyone out playing golf this week. We're out.